I just took the chip out of his hand because I needed it. <laughs> I need it. Welcome to the Ice Garden. Vous écoutez the Ice Garden. Ito ang Ice Garden. One in need of the Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Ice Garden. Atem azanim ladan hakana. Vous écoutez the Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Добро пожаловать в Ice Garden. Bienvenido al jardín. Welcome to the Ice Garden. You're listening to the Ice Garden. This. This. This is the Ice Garden. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Top Shelf, where we keep the hot takes and the hard liquor. I'm Hannah Beavis, here with my co-host, Michelle J. Michelle, how you doing? Sorry, I timed that drink poorly. <clears throat> I count us in, and then it's like a seven seconds until I, I ask you how you're doing. I know, I don't know why I decided that I really needed a drink. Um, I'm good, though. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm hot. I'm melting, actually. Yes. So, like, I turned off the air conditioning right before we started recording like i blasted it as soon as i got home until now hoping that it would kind of keep the apartment cool except the window is open in case Gigi wants to go sit on it and i'm and we talked for 20 minutes before we started recording and now i'm melting i can't believe you do this without the ac on like i definitely am sitting in the ac room right now it's so loud like it would it would be all over the recording i was recording last week and it's gonna it's gonna do it again this week there were crickets chirping softly (laughs) in the background of the entire recording and i'm like this is kind of soothing it was kind of nice to listen to it while i was recording but then i was like does this happen every week because this is the first week i've noticed it (laughs) oh that's cute um sometimes i can hear them uh, I can also hear the cars and the train mostly. The train's really loud. Yeah. The cars. Eh. There's like one specific car that I can always hear. It's the same car every week. What are you drinking? Um, the beer fairy came today. Oh, last, less like fun than the wine fairy. It's still equally fun for me. Hmm. I feel like I should set the record straight on what the beer and the wine fairy is. It's not something or someone that delivers me alcohol. They just... It's, it, okay, it's just my boyfriend putting <laughs> stuff in the fridge for me. Because I frequently forget to do that. So pretty much it's just like, oh, it's in the fridge. And this time he did, like, he was at the grocery store yesterday during the day because he was working at night. And he, like, remembered to buy beer for me. But I still pay for it. It's not like this is, like, some free-ass shit I'm getting. It's just someone else being nice and remembering to put it in the fridge because I'm an idiot. I, I feel like he needs a shirt now that says, like, the beer fairy or the wine fairy. The alcohol fairy? The alcohol fairy. The liquor fairy. Yeah. He's not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Nothing is okay. Okay, well, what kind of beer is it? It is um, Jack's Abbey Sunny Ridge. Jack's Abbey is a brewery that's, like, local out here. Um, I know what Jack's Abbey is because that's what I'm drinking. What? Okay, finish yours. But Shut up. It's not the exact same beer, but it's the same company. What are you drinking from Jack's? It's called Yop Pale Ale. Do you like it? Uh, I bought it because I needed a beer because I want to make beer bread, and I'm trying to buy a local, so I went to the local beer... And it's called Yop, which is from, um, 
uh, Dead Poet Society. Um, and it had a really fun label, so I picked it up purely for the label. It's really hoppy, which I actually don't hate in beer. The taste is okay, and I don't mind the hops, which is strange, I think. But I, it's not great. I wouldn't buy it again, but the can is really pretty. The only reason I bought it was because the can is really pretty. How do you spell it? Y-A-W-P. Oh, I know why I didn't find it. It's actually Springdale. Got you. Springdale is Jack's Abbey's, but it's their um, smaller, they do a lot of smaller runs. Mm. Uh, it's funny because as <laughs> as you were talking, I was like, wouldn't it be funny if one episode we brought the same drink, like we both were drinking the same thing, and you went Jack's Abbey, and I was like, no freaking way. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, it, I've been to Jack's Abbey before. It's pretty fun. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot different than like Harpoon. They do actual food there. They had food at Harpoon. They had pretzels. This place is like pizza oh. and pancakes. I had pancakes Holy there. Holy shit! We need to go. Yeah. Well, they only have pancakes in, on the weekends for brunch, but it was great because we went and we were hungover, so we had pancakes and beer we at like eleven a.m. That sounds it was amazing. Fun. They also have. I think they would have beers to drink there. Well, I'm drinking this. What are you drinking? Sunny Ridge. It's a Pilsner. Okay. It's like one of their. Well, I guess technically it's a seasonal. It's a. It's one of their like. I would consider it one of their core beers, but it is a summer. It, I think they only do it in the summer. Mm. I'm actually surprised. Uh, it's only released through July, so I'm surprised they still have it. But they have a blood orange wheat beer that's really good. Ooh, that so sounds really, really good. Yeah, and their house lager is good too. Uh, Okay, before we jump into the main part of the episode, our toasts for this week. Um, I'm going to start, so I am going to toast Brianne McLaughlin for a somewhat unorthodox reason. So Brianne, bless her heart, is retired from pro hockey, um, but is still like involved, still coaches, still does like a ton of different stuff. And so on Instagram this week, she posted a picture of her dog. Uh, for National Dog Day, or the day after National Dog Day, because she missed it. Um, and so she posted a picture of her dog in a room with the corner of a crib and a changing table in the background. And so she posted this picture, and people were immediately like, oh my gosh, are you pregnant? And she was like, oops. So she, like, accidentally spilled the beans that she was going to have a baby. And I would just like to cheers Brianne McLaughlin, because it just feels like the most classically like Brianne way to announce a pregnancy just completely by mistake like oh yeah this is a thing and rather than delete it kept the post up and just told everybody in the comments like yeah it was an accident yeah it's up my favorite part was that she was like uh someone commented is this the turtle room I did not understand that I think that's what she'd been referring to the pregnancy as like on the down low and then my someone was like, mm, are you pregnant? And she was like, mm, forgot about that. It's funny because at, at that point, it's like, it's too late. So, like, yeah. I appreciate whoever was like, is this the turtle room on the Instagram post? But, like, there is a changing table in the background. Like, there is no turtle in this room. It is a baby. Like, I, good try. So, so funny. Cheers, Brienne, I, for making my week. Congrats, Brienne. Yeah, and congratulations. Oh, my God. There are so many... Small hockey babies. The Lamarus are both pregnant. Brianna's pregnant. 
Liv Chulet is here. Melody Daou's son. Oh, what's his name? Oh, no. Uh, can we talk about, like, basically Kelly Stedman being Brie Max Child's aunt? <gasps> ah! Auntie Stedman. Auntie Kelly. Yeah. Oh, yes. Matteo. It's probably pronounced differently in Quebec because it's French, but there are, like, at least five hockey babies that are going to be all born at within two years of each other and i'm here for it anyways who are you toasting this week i am toasting rebecca michael for her flawless uh emceeing of the cwhl draft this week <laughs> this weekend uh her pronunciation of Buzz canadians de montreal is so great that i could probably listen to her say it over and over again what got me was how, like, beautiful that pronunciation was. And then she tried to say Worcester, and she struggled so hard she with it. She couldn't. She kept, like, she dropped all of the R's. She was saying Worcester. Worcester. Like, very... And I was like, <laughs> where's all of the letters going? I know you're supposed to take out a lot of them, but I feel like you're dropping too many of them. That's how I feel when I try to pronounce anything in French. I'm like, it's French. Just drop all of the consonants. Like, Le Canadien de Montréal. Like, just don't pronounce any of them. And so I feel like that's what she was trying to do with Worcester, but with just with R's. She was like, don't say any of them, because it's Boston. And it, yeah. and it just didn't, it didn't work. It's, I believe it's Worcester. That's how people in my office say it, and I have people who live in Worcester. And you, have, is, you say it more like wa, like W- U-H, right? Yeah, Worcester. Like, I think I tweeted, like, when you're saying woof, like, Worcester. Oh, yeah, and then I made the, the Worcester, or the, uh, yeah, the Worcester blade sounds like a good thing. Um, like, like the hashtag that's on Twitter right now is, like, the Woo Blades, W-O-O, and I'm like, Wooster? I've never I heard. I think that's, like, a thing, though, because the, the paw socks are moving there. Yes. And, or, like, they were there before, too, and it was, like, the woo socks, because, like, woo! That kind of thing. I've never heard anyone say wooster. But I don't, because I don't think it's actually wooster. I think it's just, like, <laughs> the woo socks. I don't really know. We could probably Google it and figure it out. We're gonna, I don't know. I'll get, I'll, I'm gonna go to some games, and I'll be like, hey, how do you say the name of this town? And I'll just, I was gonna have, uh, I was gonna go to the people in my office who live there and have them pronounce it into a recording for the podcast but i decided not to i actually asked a lot of people in my office how you say it and they all said like oh like slightly more towards wuh than woo but there was definitely some woo in there it it makes me laugh because now there's going to be another place that people are going to have trouble pronouncing so yeah. it's definitely not Worcester, though, people. No. Like, let's get that straight. I said that for a while after I moved here. Transplant, transplant problems. That that first um, R is does not exist. Ignore it. It's definitely, there's a lot of weird cities here, and that's probably one of the top ones to me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but speaking of Rebecca Michael and the CWHL, cheers, Rebecca. Good job emceeing. You did Because that thing was kind of a shit show. Yeah, so let's talk about the CWHL draft. And like we're going to we're going to recap what the teams did, but kind of like this was the first time in a few years that I hadn't gone. 
but they live streamed it and the stream worked which i guess is like a positive because like i think in years past when the cw has tried to stream things they have had difficulty doing it um so the stream worked the whole time which was a positive but like a lot of things kind of went wrong in the draft i wouldn't say went wrong but kind of went awry yeah like like it wasn't anything like catastrophic but like there were like i'm trying to think of specifically like a lot of the players i think didn't know what to do when they were announced so like they would like the uh, the first worcester girl who got drafted walked up and like got her hat and her jersey and then didn't really know where to go and then they had to come back up and tell everybody what to do once you were announced um the place that they're in is so small and so it was kind of hard to see but like people were standing in the back which they've had to do in years past they really need to move it to somewhere bigger because it's gotten too big for that little area that they're in um it also was really dark on the stream like you cannot see what's happening there's no windows in that room the lighting's not very good it's like it's a it's a theater they're in like a little theater that's meant to like show screenings of stuff not to host a draft like and the cameras are flashing and it's so dark and everything's just kind of all over the place and then the social media was kind of like a mess too which was how i was trying to follow like the live tracker was a little bit behind which like it's understandable because a lot of stuff is happening all at once and you're trying to keep up and spell everyone's name right and get the team right and whatever but there were like some misspellings on the cwhl twitter and like it was kind of sporadic and like some of the twitter accounts were ahead of the stream which like there's not a whole lot you can do with that i guess but it was still kind of just disjointed for me like one of my biggest problems with how i don't want to say poorly run it was but how disjointed it felt was that like did they not know who was being drafted? <laughs> like, how do you not... I mean, like, okay, so... Uh, the way it works, which if we need to recap that, is, like, players list one to three cities they'll go to. Ex- with the exception of uh, the greater Toronto area, you just list that, and you can either go to Toronto or Markham because they're so close. So, like, that's the only spot where it's kind of a little, like, an actual draft. But... I just, I don't get how this isn't, like, more streamlined at this point. Yes. Like, how do they not, like, know who they're drafting? And then then the social team is able to be ready ahead of time. And, like, there's not these, like, awkward pauses. I don't know. In, in order for that, you're absolutely right. This the, CW, the draft is something where if you put in a lot of prep work and you communicate with your teams, it should be much more of a streamlined process than it actually is because it is a little different than, like, say, an NHL draft where there's so much, like, mystery surrounding who's going to draft who, when, where. Yeah. Because, like, players, like you said, Michelle, know where they're going to go. And based on people who I've talked to who have worked around the draft before – most players only put one city down because they only have like one job like it's fringe players who might not make a team who are willing to like put out more feelers and say okay i'd be willing to go to the more than one place because i just want to play and that and that's not made public so we don't know we don't know but like 
communication with these teams. Like, if every GM and the league had sat down the day before and been like, okay, this is how the draft is going to work. This is what we're going to put out on social. This is who's going to draft who. Like, they had the first two rounds pre-signed. They knew who was going where. Like, it had been it had been announced already. There was no yeah. surprise at and all. that was probably the most awkward part at the beginning yeah. is when, like, they would call one person because they did, like, all of the teams did their pre-signers in a row. So, like, Worcester did their two pre-signers and then, uh, like, Markham did their two and Toronto did their three and, like, et cetera. So it was really awkward because they'd, like, call someone up and then they would go take their picture and then they would walk back and announce someone and they'd call someone. It was, like, so awkward. There were these, like, uncomfortably long pauses. I was thinking about how it might be, like, there's only so much you can do if you're actually there in person. But when I was watching the stream, I was like, these pauses would be less uncomfortable if there was, like, somebody talking about, like, on like an announcer, like a, yeah. a, a TV person who was like, oh, so-and-so went to this college and she had this many points. And then you would, like, be learning about the players. As, I'm like, that would be something that, like, if down the road they were able to afford to do, like, that would be really cool to have someone doing that. And it would make the draft a little more engaging. Yeah. Because right now it's just kind of like uncomfortable, and then like nothing happens, and then seven things happen at once, and then nothing happens. <laughs> it's just like it's very hard to keep track. And like because teams are tweeting out their picks late or early, and then the, the CWHL Twitter is tweeting out picks late and early, or just straight up missing picks. It's just kind of like all over the place. It's classically women's hockey. It's if you couldn't like take one event and say this is women's hockey in a nutshell, it's the CWHL draft. And I was hoping it would be a little more well run is because this was Jaina Hefford's first big event as interim commissioner. Like when she was announced, she was like she's going to be putting all of her efforts into preparing for the CWHL draft, which is like a big deal in yeah. the CWHL's calendar. And, like, I wouldn't say it went more, like, poorly than in years past. Like, it was just kind of about the same. But the same is, like, meh. Kind of a shit show. Yeah, kind of a shit show. It's put together. Everyone got drafted. There were some mistakes made. But, like, everything got done, so it's okay, I guess. Like, but not, but not really. Not if you're trying to maintain yeah. a certain level of professionalism. Because then there was that really awkward moment where the Blades tried to tried to draft somebody that had already been drafted. I'm mad about this. Can I go on a tirade for this for a second? Yes. Okay. Moving to, like, the draft itself, to, like, wh- who the teams actually drafted. Okay, so there were three Olympians on the draft roster, right? Alex Rigsby from USA. Uh, Venla Hovey? Yeah, Venla. Ben Lahovey was is on the Finnish national team, and Miri Raisinen, who is the backup to Nora Ratu on the Finnish national team. So those three were, like, big names in the draft. Alex went to Calgary, which she had kind of insinuated on, like, Instagram, so we kind of guessed that that's where she was going because Brandon Decker and Casey Bellamy are already there, yada, yada, yada. But we didn't know where Miri was going to go because she had said that she was like, oh, I could go to Calgary or Montreal or Boston or anywhere, like, wherever. And... She's behind Nora Ratu, so she's a backup, but she's capable of starting. She's, uh-huh. like, I compare her to Rigsby. Like, 
Rigsby gets more attention because she's with USA. And, like, like if Miri's not behind Nora, who's, like, the best goalie in the world besides, like, Zabados and Maddie Rooney maybe now, like, she could be starting for Finland. Easy. Easy. She should have been one of the first picks. So, Miri goes to Markham in the eighth round. Boston tries to dra- or Worcester tries to draft her two rounds later. And I'm like... There are two things that maybe happened that made this so wrong. So it was it was awkward because they were like, oh my god, she's already been drafted. What? Like, you can't do that. So they had to take it back. I'm like, so either Mary had put Worcester down as a location that she was willing to go to, and the Worcester GM, completely oblivious, decided to wait and try and draft, like, one of the best goaltenders in the world in, like, the 10th round, or she didn't put Worcester down in a location at all. And you tried to draft a player who was not even literally able to go to your team. And either way, it's catastrophic. And I'm like, this was botched so badly. Boston could have had Lauren Dom and Miri Rysonen as a tandem. And when you are a team like Worcester, that's like, already, you're, you're, you're behind the eight ball. You're already, like, not as talented as a roster as everybody else. You need all the help you can get. Mm-hmm. I'm furious that she's on Markham because they have four goalies that are going to be playing for three roster spots. And, like, one of those roster spots probably isn't even going to play this year unless there's a huge injury. You already have Erica Howe and Liz Knox on that team. She's going to have to... Mary's going to have to fight her way onto that roster. And she shouldn't have... Okay. This is maybe veering a little bit off topic. Connecticut Whale, if anyone is listening... Call Miri and offer her a contract in the NWHL. Tell her that you will let her start for you. Because you just lost Rossman and you need a goalie. And there is a goalie in Markham who is going to have to fight her way to maybe back up Erica Howe. Yeah, I am guessing it's more like Derek Alfama, who's the Blades GM, their new GM, wasn't paying attention. I just don't... I cannot comprehend. And like... This is what made, I'm like, I know that you're new, okay? I get that you're new, and you maybe don't know your team, but, like, if you Google Miri, you can see that she's played in the Olympics. If you watched any hockey at all, you can see that she's a competent goal, like, that she's a good goalie, not just competent. She's very talented. She could have been a pre-signee. Like, what were you doing waiting yeah, until the Yeah, the fact that she wasn't a pre-signee round? was interesting. Oh, my, I, I'm... And, like, she also posted on her Instagram that, like, she didn't know that players could be pre-signed. Like, which is terrible. Like, I just, I was baffled. I'm so baffled. I wish, after the draft, we were able to know what locations players had put on their draft application. So I could figure out why to be mad. Because I'm still livid. I'm just trying to figure out where to direct my anger at. Um, I was reading in Pension Puppet Plan's draft recap that, um, and someone else had mentioned this before during the, during the draft, I think it was probably Meredith Foster, so that Mary has no intention of backing anybody up again. Not in like, a, I'm not a backup, like I'm better than that. I mean, she is, but in like a, that she wants to play kind of way. And Pension Puppet Plan mentioned in their draft recap that is this, was that a, um, was Derek trying to draft her a precursor to her being quote unquote traded to the Blades? 
But if so, then why did why didn't Markham just let the blades take her? I think Markham took her because at that point, like, if she's fallen this far so late, why not take her and give her a shot? Because Markham didn't need her. Like, of exactly. all the teams that could have picked her, Markham's the team that needs her least. Like, yeah. they needed forwards. They don't need goalies. They have Liz Knox and Erica Howe already. So, like, they took a flyer on her. Whereas, like, and even if Boston was setting it up for a trade, Worcester, this is going to take a lot of getting used to. We need to have, like, a Boston jar or something. Um, even if Worcester had, um, was trying to angle for a trade, then you have to give something up to get her back. You could have drafted her for free. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. So little of what happened there makes sense. And it was funny because I tweeted about it. I was like, so there's some confusion as the Blades just tried to draft Miri Ranson in, who had already been taken. And she tweeted back at me and was like, yep, was also confused. And I was like, pretty well. Here's the thing, though. Just because she was drafted by Markham does not mean she has to play for them. If she doesn't make the team or if she is not going to be happy to be a backup, like, she doesn't have to sign a contract with them. She could go somewhere else. She could go to Connecticut, which is, I think, really the only team that could sign her as a free agent and not have to trade for her that is looking for a starter. You know what, Boston, the Boston Pride maybe, but she'd still have to share with Katie Burt. Like, yeah. Whereas Connecticut is just looking for literally anyone to start, and Mary could go in there and just, like, hands down be, like, she would have to play her way out of the starting role. Like, she would, yeah. That makes the most sense to me. Markham doesn't make any sense at all for her. Other than that, um... My personal favorite moment in the draft is when Rebecca Michael had to get up there and be like, you don't have to put the hat on if you spend too long in your hair and you don't want to mess it up. We do highly recommend it, though. And I was like, all right, women's hockey, I, I see you out here trying to keep your hair okay. I was kind of mad about that. Maybe it's because my hair is so short. And so I'm just like, just put the damn hat on. It's not that bad. Put it on for the picture. Fix your hair later. Like, I just thought it was so funny. I just loved that it was an announcement. That's the kind of thing that you say before the stream starts rolling. <laughs> well, but the stream started as like people were filing in. And somebody was up at the front being like, the front row is open. Like always. You can sit in the front row. I see you standing back there. Come sit up here. Yeah, you, come sit up here. There's seats. Come sit in the front row. I was like, oh, my God. Like, being in class. Well, everyone's so nervous. Like, yeah, it's it's kind of hilarious. Um, Worcester, so because of the Mary Rison thing, Worcester was the biggest loser in the draft for me. Yeah, they, they yeah. I mean, they drafted some pretty solid people. Lauren Williams, they're one of their pre-signs. But it, it doesn't help that the Blades are losing. They lost Kate Leary, who's going to Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Actually, the same team her former BC teammate Blake Bolden is going to. Oh. And they also lost Taylor Weislick to the Boston Pride. I, I, th- this problem happens every year in that the, the recruiting is always, I think, harder for the, the Worcester Blades. But, I mean, they did what they could. I'm just still salty about the Bryson debacle but yeah um we had a a mailbag question asking who our winners and the losers were 
Calgary's looking really good. I, it mm-hmm. was, it's hard because this was a really deep draft class. Like, there were a lot of teams that I think did really well because they just did such a good job recruiting. Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, Calgary or even Toronto. Yeah. I think, honestly, Toronto is probably tied. Honestly, like, so Toronto got three uh, pre-signees because they had a first-round pick from Montreal in the mm-hmm. Aaron Ambrose trade. So they got Sarah Nurse, Shay Tiley, who's a goalie from Clarkson University, and Brittany Howard from RMU, who was a top three... No, not top three. She was nominated for mm-hmm. the Patty Cass this year. Um... And those, like, all three of them are, like, bona fide superstars. Oh, yeah. Uh, another great off-hockey moment was the fact that Sammy Jo Small couldn't remember who she was drafting sometimes. I, I... So funny. Because she, she had made the joke, <coughs> hopefully I could remember everybody, steps up, Sarah Nurse, Shay Tilly, and, uh... Completely like, blanks on Brittany Howard's name. And I... Like, I'm sitting here mouthing it like Brittany Howard. Like, come on, Sammy Joe. Oh, it was good. And then um, people kept leaving their notes up on the desk, I guess. Like the announcer's deck. Because Rebecca <gasps> Michael kept being like, guys, come on. Like, what's... She was like, there's so many good scouting reports I have right now. <laughs> and you'd see her like walking papers around the room. It was uh... so funny. I think the GMs, too, kind of need a little, like, uh, uh, primer on what to do. Like, some of them had done this before, like, but three of the GMs of the six teams were new, so, like, they kind of had to figure out what was going on. Um, also kind of a weird thing that happened was that Banky only, or Shenzhen only drafted three players. So. Well, that's because their international import level was done. Yeah, and, like, they already... Ha- I mean, especially because they were combining two teams, so, like, they're, yeah. they're, they've they're got two teams, they've already got to squish down into one. They don't really need <laughs> a whole lot of new players. So it, it squishing ma- teams. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny. It's a funny phrase. Like, we're going to squish those two teams together. Well, that's what they're doing. Um. So, but so they didn't really need that many players. It was just kind of awkward when after the third round they were like, "Yeah, Banky's done or Shenzhen's done." Man, this year's gonna be so hard with these names. <laughs> uh, it was good though. Blades. Uh, just looking at who everybody drafted. Just for quick hits, the Blades drafted a Chinese Taipei national team player, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, shock. Uh, I had- I guess I was shocked, maybe nobody else was, or maybe people were, was that Kelsey Newman, former uh, Buttes goalie, went to Montreal. I definitely thought she was going to go to the GTA. Same. Purely because Buffalo's pretty close to the GTA. I know that geography. Okay, though, here's the other thing with that. Maybe she did put the GTA down as one of her picks, but, like, if Mary Rysonen had to go until the eighth round to get picked by a GTA team as a goalie. Like, Kelsey Newman is not going to... Like, Toronto and Markham... I mean, after Toronto drafted Shay Tiley, like, they don't need another goalie. Oh, yeah. Especially since they had... um, They have Elaine Chalouli. Yeah. 
or something like that. And then both of them are capable of starting, I think. Oh, yeah. They could split time easy. There's another one that I had wanted to mention. Oh, Emma Greco, who played mm. a few games at the end of the NWHL season, went to the Furies. Anything else fun? Oh, Tori Hickel got drafted, shockingly, to the Inferno. <laughs> that was a sarcastic shockingly. We knew she was going to be there for, like, oh, forever. I'm... I'm just, like, really excited. Like, this draft class for me, like, maybe it's because I recognize a lot of them from college because, like, last year and kind of, like, half of the year before was when I started paying more attention to the NCAA and U sports. So, like, starting to recognize more of these players as they come in and have a little bit of a better idea of what they're capable of. Who do you think – okay, here's a question for you. Who's your rookie of the year? Right now, before we see anything. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's not a fair question. It's, Hold on, let me pull it's up. It's hard, because there are so many players who could take it. I kind of want to say Brittany Howard, because I think she's got, she's my dark horse. I don't know if I'd pick her off the bat as Rookie of the Year, but she's someone I think that we... She's recognized... She's not a name that I think we're going to be talking about a lot because, like, Sarah Nurse is on this list. Victoria Bach is on this list. And uh, Shay Tiley is on this list. And, like, Krasaniak and everybody else. But, like... I just listed, like, every rookie. I know. But, like, <laughs> the, the thing with Howard is that she plays in... Or she played in, in college in the... Son of a bitch. What's her conference that she's in? It's, like, something weird, like Hockey America. CHA. Thank you. CHA. The CHA. Um, and so, like, and that's kind of, like, historically been, like, the weakest conference. So people are like, oh, yeah, well, Brittany Howard's good, but she's good against, like, the weakest competition. So I'm very excited to see how she plays in the pros because I'm ready for her to just light everything on mm-hmm. fire and be really good and be like, you thought I was only good because I was playing against, like, teams that aren't as good as Wisconsin or BC or Minnesota? Think again. Nuh-uh. What was I going to say? I was going to say something. Oh, I think it's going to be Sarah Nurse or Haley. Ha- Haley? 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 Haley. Haley Krasaniak. Um, depending on what teams they're on, like, Haley could potentially play on a line with, like, Brianna Decker and, like, Rebecca Leslie or Tori Hickel or, like, Rebecca Johnston or Brianne Jenner. Like... There's a lot. Yeah. Picture a Brittany Howard, Sarah Nurse, Natalie Spooner line. Nah, I'm good. (laughs) Dude, 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 dude. The All-Star Game's going to be back this year because the Olympians are back. Ah, I'm so ready. Well, not because the Olympians are back, but because there's no Olympics. Because they went on a break. It's like the same thing. That's the same thing. The Olympians are back because there are no Olympics. Like, that's the same. Yeah. That's the same thing. Anything else that you wanted to say about the CW draft before we move forward? Um, no. Okay. I feel like we didn't really talk about Montreal at all, except for Kelsey Newman. Genevieve Bannon was their uh, pre-signee that I'm kind of excited to watch her play. She was at Clarkson, who just won their third national title in the last five years. Um, moving on to kind of, like, some other movement around, like, the leagues. So, the C-Dub had their draft, so that was their big event. But 
also kind of CWHL tangentially related was Tatiana Rafter announcing that she was signing in Russia. So she was technically drafted in the CWHL draft, but she's not going to play there. She's going to play in the RWHL for a team that I cannot remember the name of. It's a team that's moving in the middle of their season. That's all I kind of remember. Oh, wait, I have the article open. Duh, you're an idiot, Michelle. What are you, what are you talking about? I feel like I remember that happening, that a team had to move, but I don't remember why or what happened. Um, She has signed with the uh, Arctic. I'm assuming it's pronounced Arctic Universet Yukuta, a club that will be relocating to St. Petersburg in November and rebranded as SK Gorney. In the middle of the season. Sounds like Sigourney Weaver. If they know this is going to happen, then why don't they just do it now? The season starts in October, right? I'm reading about it. Okay. I'm doing a reads. Um... Now I'm going to have, have you heard there's a rumor in St. Petersburg? Have you heard what they're saying on the streets? Although the czar did not survive, one daughter may be still alive. Do, 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 the princess you Anastasia. You said St. Petersburg. Please do not repeat. I think this happens every time the Russian league gets brought up. <laughs> it's a rumor, a legend, a mystery. We don't know why they are rebranding or the reason why. That was repetitive. It's fine. It worked. It's um, fine. I don't know. My quick scam can't tell me anything. Okay. Anyways, Tatiana's going to Russia, so <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she'll come back and play in Calgary and continue to pursue her dream of playing on the Canadian Olympic team. But mm. I think she's going to get more playing time in Russia because Calgary and Inferno are stacked. Yeah. Oh, she definitely. She definitely will. Um, she was like a third liner, fourth liner on the Riveters. And on Calgary, she really wouldn't have been much. I think you have to make a decision about whether you value ice time more or whether you value the training environment you're going to be in more. Because if you can train yeah. with Olympians and high-level coaches and be around that kind of like team environment on a regular basis that is going to be beneficial for you but you're not going to get a lot of ice time and this is mm-hmm. kind of where i think miri rice is at too because she's had that quote she said on record she doesn't want to back up she wants to play she values her ice time more and so that's what tatiana is doing too by going to russia she's saying i want to go to a place where i'm going to get more significant minutes and can actually improve my game by getting in reps yeah i i definitely agree like I, don't, I would probably rather have ice time. Mm-hmm. Same. It's just interesting that she went to Russia. I mean, it, maybe you want, like, all new experiences, which Russia would definitely give you. I wonder I, how much Russian she speaks. I'm gonna guess none. I, like, I feel like a lot of... We kind of undersell how many players leave to play overseas and like one of the main reasons is because they want to experience a new culture yeah like i think a lot of play i mean i think we it might have been erica who mentioned it um that it was something that blake bolden had said that she like wants to travel and experience new places and like buffalo is new but it's in the u.s but she was in switzerland the last year so like that was very different than what she was used to in boston so like 
going, like, getting to go play pro hockey for a year abroad is like studying abroad, except you're out of college and you don't have homework. You just have to practice. You just have to practice. And play. And try to play a sport where you don't speak the same language as anybody else. It's gotta be hard, but... Yeah. So, Raptor went to Russia, and then we had a couple NWHL kind of major things. So, Anya Badaglino officially announced her retirement, and she's going to focus on her role as the head of the NWHLPA, which is a little bit sad, but I think necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm sure Connecticut would probably be like, hey, are you sure you want to retire? Are you sure you don't want to play for us? We need some help. We need some more people. Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of made sense that it was a season. But also, she switched to Defender last season, remember that? And it was, she seemed to have a rough rough go of it. Yeah. I never really knew what, what position she was going to play whenever she went out. She switched between forward and Defender, I feel like, quite a bit in her NWHL career. <sighs> Excuse me. Um, it's, I'm glad she'll stay with the PA, though, because I think yeah. she does a lot of good work as, like, the PA president or leader, whatever, however you want to call that. She is an excellent face of the league mm-hmm. because she is so enthusiastic and talkative and really, like, in- engages with people who are trying to learn more about the league and, like, is just a very good ambassador for ambassador, yeah. The NWHL. Exactly. Ambassador, that's a good word. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and then we had a pride signing. Marvin's well. coming back. And cue the signing siren. Cue the pride signing siren. Ah. Uh, so Gigi was one of the last U.S. It's just uh, Olympian. I almost said U.S. Americans. <laughs> yes. Like, What's the word? That too. She. It's just Duggan now, right? Yeah. Is that is she really the only one left who hasn't signed? I'm uh, signed or is not going back to college, or is not pregnant. Hold on, I have a whole list. Or is not pregnant. <laughs> well, I mean, for all we know, Duggan's pregnant. But oh my I don't god. Think she is. Don't even joke. Don't even play. Ah! <laughs> so Kessel is going to the Riveters. Pelkey is at the Pride. Oh my gosh. I had to put U.S. women's Olympian roster. Um, Kayla Barnes is starting her freshman year at BC again. Falzer's with the Buttes. Gigi's with the Pride. Garupa's with the Pride. Brant is with the White Caps. Yes. Yep. Uh, Knights with the Montreal. Panic Jocelyn's is... pregnant. Panic is still in college, right? Mm-hmm. Bellamy is going to the Inferno. Flanagan's going back to BC. Panic is going to Minnesota. Back to Minnesota. Steckline. She's a white. She's a white cap. Maddie Rooney is going for her junior year at UMD. Keller's, Megan Keller is going back to BC. Monique is pregnant. Nicole Hensley is with the Buttes. I don't know why I'm doing this the hard way when I have them all written down in a different way. It's a test. 
I know. I'm pretty surprised at myself right now. I'm not going to lie. Um, Pelkey's with the Pride, right? She's signed. Pelkey's back with the Pride. Sydney Morin is playing for Linkoping in the N and the SW. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> in the SDHL. I think that's all of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rigsby is in, is, that, is in the Inferno. I need to update my list. So, of this list, Knight and... So, Knight, Decker, Bellamy, and Rigsby. Rigsby. So, four of them went to the C-dub. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'll send you a list. I have a really pretty okay. spreadsheet with all of this information in it that I don't know why I didn't read it straight off of there, but... Um, this is where every U.S. national team player look at how will beautiful, be going. Look at how beautifully that's. <laughs> I love. Like, okay, we need to we need to put this in the article that we post because this is this screenshot is grouped by categories of where each U.S. Olympian is going, and so we have categories NCAA, CWHL, NWHL, SDHL, TBD, and life, and the what? two. The two players under the life category are Monique and Jocelyn Lamoureux. Uh, expecting is the reason. I love that it's labeled life. <laughs> I couldn't find what else to call it. I mean, like, I, they're not technically retiring, so I can't say that they retired. I guess there's not really an easy way to say anything. Because, okay, so my thinking behind that was, like, let's say Mag- Megan Duggan is not coming back because she's getting married or because she just wants some time off. Yeah. Like, that would fall under life. So yeah. I just gave it kind of a general thing. But I'm, yeah, I, it's kind of a strange thing. I'm a little actually surprised that there aren't more players who are under that life category just to, like, take a season off or part of the season off. Because we saw that on the Canadian team. Um, mm-hmm. There were two... Inferno, ba- Bailey Bram yep. and Haley Irwin, right, are taking at least the beginning of the season off. Yeah, and then Megan Mickelson is pregnant. Which, right. Which would fall under life. Which would, fall, which would all under. fall under the life category. Yeah. Bless, I love this so much. <laughs> There's, I'm, I'll make one for Hockey Canada tonight. So, of the 23 players on this roster... Because, like, we, we get a lot of mailbag questions asking, like, oh, how many U.S. players do you think are going to jump leagues? Or where do you think everyone's going to end up? So, like, there are five in college. There are four in the CWHL. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten in the NWHL. But a lot of them who are in the NWHL are new. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Lee, Danny, Hannah, and Kendall have all been on the Whitecaps before, but it was before they were part of the NWHL officially. So, like, that's new. Um, Nicole has never been in the NW before. Skarupa's returning. Pelkey's returning. Kessel's returning. Falzer and Marvin are all coming back. So, really, that's just five players, U.S. Olympians, going back to their team. Which is a, a little surprising, but also a lot of these players are college. Like, there are five college players. Sydney Morin was in the SDHL last year, so the fact that she's going back there isn't a shocker. Do we know what Megan Augusta's doing? We do not. We know what Jocelyn Rock is doing. We know what Bridget Laquette is doing. Why did I think that Augusta had retired? 
What's her? I'm going to pull up her Elite Prospects page. Okay, no, she hasn't played in the Cedar for a long time. That's kind of... I don't know why I thought she was in the Inferno. The last time she played in the CWHL was the Montreal Stars, when they were still the Montreal Stars in 2012-13. But she has still been a member of Team Canada ever since. One, two, three... She has been part of four Olympic Games. 2006, 2010, 2014, 2018. Oh, wow. She's probably going to retire soon. That is a lot. Oh, bless you for sending the Canadian one over. Isn't that... Isn't this interesting that of the Canadian roster, they had one player going back to college, and the U.S. had five? Yeah. Just to show you how they structured that roster. Yeah. I mean, I think... I'm not gonna say that. I was gonna say I don't say really know. Yeah, say, say, say yeah. Well, I was gonna say I think the uh, the uh, NHL is our NHL. Jesus Christ! Not even the NWHL. Come on. The uh, Team Canada. No, the Americans have always skewed younger than Canada historically. I think. Canada could has, be wrong. Canada has always that. skewed older. I think, but uh, they USA skewed younger this year because a certain Rob Stauber got, like, Sidney Moore and, and Kayla Barnes as late season editions. Well, I guess not entirely Rob Stauber. Reagan Carey is the GM of this team, so she did that too. But, and freaking Maddie Rooney starting. It's crazy. Anyways, that's over with. Moving along. Okay. Oh, shit. Moving forward. Uh... We wanted to talk also a little bit about the Champions Cup because there are some changes going on with that whole thing. Um, So this was supposed to be a three-game series between Lulia and the Metropolitan Riveters in Sweden at Norbotten Arena. Um, It was going to be like a big SDHL versus NWHL like event they were supposed to be, um, I think, clinics that they were going to put on with um, girls hockey teams in the area. And then things kind of went quiet. And then we got an announcement last week saying that actually the Champions Cup is going to be moved to the U.S. We don't know where. We don't know when. We don't know the ticket st- information. And we don't know streaming. Although it does sound like there's going to be streaming. That's going to be announced in September. It's gone from a three-game series to a one-game winner-take-all thing. And this kind of just came out of the blue. Like, there wasn't really any indicator that this was going to be moved. It just, we got a press release, and suddenly there were all these changes. And we don't know if there's going to be clinics or anything with girls' hockey teams. So, there's that. Super fun. Not super fun. Not really fun at all. Yeah. I'm like... I'm mad. What else is new? I'm bummed. Like, yeah. selfishly, it's great because I was bummed it was in Russia because I wasn't going to be able to see it. And, like, I, not Russia. Why did I say Russia? Because Jeez. we've been recording for an hour and a half and the alcohol mm-hmm. is kicking in. Yeah. I was bummed that it was in Sweden because, like, I had wanted to watch it. 
and I'd want to be at it actually. I wanted the ability to see Swedish professional hockey, but we weren't going anyway, so it didn't really matter. And then when they changed it, I was like, oh, kind of wanted to see it in Sweden so I could see what women's hockey is like there. It's cool for, like, the North American crowd, but here's the thing is, like, that the North American crowd, like, already sees individual hockey and, like, yeah, maybe this is the only opportunity they'll get a chance to see a Swedish team, but, like, this was also going to be the only opportunity for the SDHL fan base to see an NWHL team without having to come to the U.S. to see it. Yeah. And... Like, the fact that it went from a three-game series to one really kind of ticked me off. Because, like, I wanted to see more games. More like, hockey. Yeah. And it was going to, and, like, the the concept of having like, clinics and making this a thing where they're, like, growing the game internationally. Mm-hmm. And, like, having girls being able to work with, like, a variety of different professionals. And, like, maybe establishing some more relations between, like, the SCHL and the NWHL. Like, the, it all just feels really rushed and really, like, kind of... The fact that they felt that they had to change to come to the U.S. makes me think that, like, maybe there was, like, a financial situation where the NWHL couldn't afford or players couldn't get vacation time off to go, which, like, fair. but Shocking. Which is probably why it's gone down to a one-game series, because, like, a three-game is a long trip. Yeah. I just, like, I don't know. It's a bummer. One For thing- sure. One thing that was interesting to me in the um, press release is that they said that their other European teams have reached out to them since they announced the series. And so that, like, they're interested in continuing this down the road. So, like, in the future, maybe there will be, like, other teams involved in this, which would be hella cool. Like, if we could get, like, a tournament-style thing going, maybe, like, four teams. That would be cool. Mm -hmm. And I think we've talked about that before, that we really want to see, like, I mean, I guess they stole our wording. Like, champion series, where, like, top teams from each team, or from each league, go to play together. But, I also worry, like, what this does for the rep... Ow. Sorry, I just got my watch stuck in my hair. I also worry... All over the place. I also worry what this does for the reputation of the NWHL, like, having to switch the series... At the, like, pretty much 11th hour. It feels super sketchy. And that's, like, exactly the right wording. Like, it it makes... It it undercuts the professionalism of this, I think. Yeah. (laughs) One thing, though, that I'm actually super interested in, and it's kind of completely... It's it's related, but it's a little off topic. Uh, I want to know what the trophy for this is going to look like. Are we going to have a trophy? Is it going to be, like, a thing? See, I think they keep calling it, like this like thing but like a champion's cup like a winner take all but i don't know if there's actually like a trophy involved here's what i want the trophy to be i want it to involve the isabel cup handles somehow i want them to use the handles in this trophy what if it's just handles that's what you just get the handles (laughs) you won here's some handles mount them on a plaque Maybe. Oh my god, that would be so funny. <laughs> Put them. No, 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 no. It's the SDHL that does the golden helmets, right? Oh my yes. god, here's the train. Give me a minute. I'm excited. Put the helmets on a golden helmet. Or put the handles on the golden helmet. Yeah. And make that the Champions Cup. 
but make the helmet upside down. Yes, so it's actually a cup. We're geniuses. We're brilliant. Anyone, please, anyone listening who has any kind of a say in this, make that the cup. Please, God. That would be great. (laughs) Oh. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Uh, We are bringing back Let's Dump Hannah this week and Let's Dump Michelle because we both have questions this week. Let's Stump Hannah. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to? I'll go first. Hold on, I have to find mine. Okay. Ready? Yes. This is a self-generated one. I found this one by myself. Pretty proud of myself. I'm very proud of you. Um, Hannah Brandt holds the single-season record for assists by a rookie for Minnesota. How many assists did she have in her rookie season in 2012-2013? So this is not an NCAA record. It's a Minnesota record? Yes. The okay. team record. The team record. I'm not going to get any other hints, am I? Um, Can I get, not, like... It's not a round number. Okay. That actually does help. When you say round number, you mean even number, right? Well, like a 5 or a 10. Oh. No. That doesn't help at all. <laughs> well, yeah. It rules out, like, all the 5s and all the 10s. Yeah, but it leaves so many. Do I get, like, choices? Can you give me, like, some choices? Okay, I'll give you choices. Okay. <sighs> You're so complicated, Hannah. I know. Welcome to the story of my life. <laughs> um. Okay, let's go with 47, 48, 49, 51, or 52. My original guess was in the 40s. 49. Nice guess. That's right. Hey! But, like, I was thinking, I would have said if I hadn't had any guesses, 41 was where I was leaning. Yeah, higher than that. Wow. At 49. Does it, do you know how many goals she had? Like, how many points did she have that season? Um, I don't know. I got it off the Gophers Twitter account, so. Mm. I'll look it up right now, though. 49 assists. That's wild. I know. To be honest, one of these days I'm going to find one where the answer is 69, just so I can say it. <laughs> That's just, I'm just going to guess that from now on. Um, her s- freshman season. This was when she was a freshman? Yeah, she had 49 assists and 33 goals for 82 points in 41 games. That was her best season at Minnesota. I'm pulling up Daryl Watts' statistics right now. On that team was Amanda Kessel, Megan Bozak, Mira Jalusa, McMilla, nope, Melissa McMillan. Melissa McMillan. Lee Steckline, Amanda Levier, Nora Ratu. Because I just wrote... Spoiler alert. Um, Daryl Watts uh, U25 T25 article and was talking about how great she was as a freshman and I think Hannah Brandt outscored her. That was a season they went undefeated. So like I covered them that season. Mm-hmm. They won the national championship. They went undefeated 41-0. Wow. 
Was Brant a top three Patty Cass nominee that year? Oh God, this stupid Patty Cass site now comes up as soon as I type P A T. Because we do this every week. Um, what twelve, thirteen? So that would have been thirteen. Uh, no. You're shitting me. That year, Kessel won. It was Bozak, Ratu. Oh wait, yes, she was. I've skipped one. Hannah I'm... Brandt. Sorry, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. Hannah Brand set the Minnesota record for points in a season, and Amanda Kessel beat her in Patty Cass voting. Kessel no assists in a season. Assists in a season. Assists in a rookie season. Okay, you said 82, right? 82 point total points. Yes. That's what Daryl had this year, and she was the first freshman to win the Patty Cass Award. Now, granted, Daryl had more goals. She had 40 assists and 42 goals. But, like, come on. Hold on, let's look at the full season, the full team stats. No, um, no, Amanda, okay, nope. Okay, here's why. Amanda Kessel, guess how many points she had that season? Oh, dear. Is it triple digits? Yes. Holy sh- never mind! I take it back! She had, Any in Minnesota- 46 games, she had 46 <laughs> goals. 55 assists for 101 points. To any Minnesota person listening to this podcast who's been screaming at me for the last five minutes, I apologize. (laughs) So that's why. Never mind. Yeah, Amanda Castle. That season, I remember that season was kind of insane. I was going to say, like, like, I guess it doesn't shock me that Hannah Brandt didn't win that year with 82 points because, like, when you're on a team that good, like, you'd have to try really hard not to score. Like, Yeah. That was the final full season of NCAA hockey she played because she got the concussion. She then left for the Olympics and got the concussion. The, the half season that she came back and won the national championship with them was, like, one of the most emotional things I've ever witnessed in my life. I was not, like, there in person, but, like, watching that happen was, like... Yeah, it was pretty cool. Goosebumps. Goosebump moment. She had, uh, in 13 games, she had 17 points. 11 goals. This this was this was after the concussion, right? Returning yeah. back. That, like, yeah, she just, she came back and it was like she had never left. She instantly was just, like, back. Um, and I always forget she's only been one season in the NWHL. In the NCAA, Amanda Kessel has 248 total points. Holy shit. In 136 games. Holy shit. Kind of batshit crazy. Yeah, damn. Right? She's wild. And Hannah Brandt has 285 total points in 158 games, so... Mm. That's, that's all crazy though. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Okay, are you ready for your question? Yes. Okay, your question is also NCAA related. Uh, and this was not something that I came up with by myself. Uh, Matt Smitha at Drake Smitha 12 on Twitter sent this, so thank you, Matt. Um, it's technically a two part question, but I'm only going to give you one because I want to save the other half for a different. Uh, episode. So, this is name the first NCAA national champion in women's hockey. The first ever? Yes. 
I will say for a clue, it is still a team that I think would be considered in the upper echelon of teams today. Is it Harvard? No. It was a good guess. It is a WCHA team. Wisconsin? Nope. Minnesota? Closer. Duluth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Which I did not know. But that was that would have been uh, the Shannon Miller Shannon Miller era. Oh, I fucking knew that. Yeah, I don't know what year it was. NCAA, because the other half of that question, which I guess you could Google if you wanted to, before the NCAA existed, who won the first college national championship ever? Which I guess if you wanted to answer that now, you could. <laughs> That's a harder one though. Oh, I, I know that one. Oh, you do? Well, I also am looking it up right now because oh. I remember. Well, then you I don't do... know it. Well, I kind of, once I saw it, I remembered it because I remember thinking it was funny because I did our remember I did our uh, women's hockey 101 on the NCAA, mm-hmm. and it was New Hampshire won the first yeah. national championship game, and I remember thinking that's kind of funny because UNH still draws like some weirdly good players even though they aren't that great. Like Casey Bellamy is a UNH alumna. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. But, and then, yeah, Minnesota won their first one technically in 2011, 2001. Minnesota Duluth. Yeah, Duluth, sorry. They won, and they won three in a row yep. against three different opponents, which is interesting to me. They beat St. Lawrence the first time, Brown the second, and Harvard the third. And then, That's crazy. poor Harvard. So Harvard was the runner up three consecutive seasons. Oh. They lost to Minnesota Duluth, and then they lost to Minnesota twice. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. And they lost to Duluth in double overtime. Oh. <laughs> that one's rough. That's brutal. Cornell lost to Duluth in triple overtime in 2010. That's crazy. Uh, the 2019 NCAA championship is going to be in Hamden, Connecticut at the TD Bank Sports Center. And it's, it's gonna be close to you. And it's gonna be in Aganis next in twenty twenty. Oh, I know it's gonna be in Aganis twenty twenty. the only problem is that it's pretty much always the same weekend as the rest of it, so mm. you really have to pick what you're doing there. You wanna do Star Bench Cut? Yeah. We had a lot of Star Bench Cuts this week, but I think I wanna try and keep it to just one because we went a little long on the rest of our segments. But we got a really good one from, and I was really good with my notes this week, except I forgot to write down who sent us. Uh, Which one are we doing? I haven't pulled up. Uh, the one that we talked about before. The the group the one. The forwards, defense forwards. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Andrew at Iron Pizza. Yes. Pizza. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, so, start bench Sorry, cut. I couldn't figure out how to say your name. I, I think it's Tiza. That's how I've been saying it. If we're saying it wrong, tweet us and let us know. We say a lot of things wrong. It happens. Uh, Star Bench Cut, the Lake Canadian forwards, Markham's defense, or Calgary's forwards? It's not even funny. I just snorted. I'm I'm um, starting Lake Canadian's forwards because I cannot not start a team with Murray Filippolan and Hitler Knight on the same team. I can't. Same. It's, this, it's the second part that's throwing me for a loop. I don't know who I want to cut. I'm going to cut Calgary and bench Whoa, Markham. Really? 
Yeah, I don't know why. It's just a gut. I'm pulling up Markham's defense because I need to look at it. Because I know Calgary's forwards better than I know Markham's D. What is it? Why, why did you explain your gut? <laughs> explain my gut. Explain your gut. I that honestly, was... I don't know. I just, for some reason, I really like the Inferno, the way the Inferno's forwards are. You cut them. Oh, I did? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I meant to cut Markham. <laughs> I'm really on top of my shit tonight. I meant to cut Markham. Markham. There you go. I don't know why I'm saying ham like the food. Markham, Thunder. Bozek. Daniel Simmons. Christian Barbara. Lindsey Grigg. LaRock. Fortino. Megan DeLay. Woolishuck. Hartwick. I gotta cut. I gotta cut Markham's D, too. Calgary. The thing, the thing is, is I'm, is I'm doing this as the team stands now, and which makes it hard, right? And because I don't think Calgary, or I don't think Markham really drafted a big enough defender for me to think, oh, like, like that really boosted their blue line. They drafted a lot of forwards. Daniela Matiusi was the first defender they drafted. Gina, Gina Rapaci, uh, Miri counts as defense, I guess, but not like <laughs> I th- I'm, in that like a and that she's Lee is always a defender, and that she's not technically a forward and is preventing goals, but like yeah, I'm cutting Markham and I'm gonna bench Calgary too. That was a good one, though. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was going to be harder than it was. That one was actually kind of easy. Because my mind is literally, like, if you cut Hillary Knight and Melody Doe and Marie Philippe Lynn, like, I will disown you. <laughs> Even though, like, on paper, Calgary's probably the stronger forward group. Hot take, hot take, hot take. Hot take. Like, is Montreal probably going to have the better line? And I'll give him the edge, but like depth wise, Calgary. Not that Montreal's gonna be bad, but like. Um, and then we had one mailbag question too that we wanted to address. Um, we kind of answered one in the CWHL draft, our winners and losers of the draft, but this one's from Matt Smith at DrakeSmitha12 on Twitter. Um, how do you see the Connecticut Whale filling out their roster to compete with the other NWHL teams? Mm. And the answer is, I don't. <laughs> so as it stands, as of Tuesday night, the last player to be draft to be signed was Mary Parker that we know about. The Connecticut Whale have twelve mm. players. Did Mary Parker sign with the Whale? No, with the pride. Sorry. Oh. I mean, like, the last person that had signed to recording date was Mary Parker today with the pride. I was going to say, if Parker signed with the whale, that's a huge gift for them. But she yes. didn't, so. <laughs> but the whale only have 12 players. Minnesota has 16. Pride of 18. The Riveters have 19. And the Buttes have 21 of their 25 players. Um, Any one. 
even if you're not looking at just a numbers perspective, they're the furthest behind. From a talent perspective, a lot of the big, like, splashy free agents have already been taken. They've already signed. So, like, <laughs> bless you. So, like, they're they're limited in not only, like, well, I mean, they're far behind in numbers, but, like, they're limited in who they can sign, too, mm. in terms of star power. Getting Nina Rogers straight out of college was big for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. For sure. Emily Fluke coming back will be good. She had a really good sophomore, uh, not freshman. She had a really good rookie campaign. But for me, losing Kelly Babstock was like the nail in the coffin for them. Oh, you know what? You know what? I take that back. Kelly Babstock was what I thought was the nail in the coffin. And then Sydney Rossman left. And I was yeah. like, oh, they're screwed. Yes. That really hurt them. Where did she go? Why can't I find her online? Minnesota. Whitecaps. Oh, there she is. I keep looking. I keep forgetting how to spell that she's Sydney with an S. And Sydney Rossier <laughs> is Sydney with a C. Um, yeah, those two losses, I think, combined really hurt them. It really hurts that they're the only one without an elite-level goalie. They have Sam Walfier, who's a D3 player, was a D3 player. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be interested to see what, like, Randy Griffin can do. Same. Hard same. She was good at the Olympics. Yeah. And also, uh, their two international players, Michelle Lowen, Hylum. And Katerina Smolenseva. No, no, that's e- that's Ekaterina. Yeah, Katerina Morozova. Oh, I'm. I think they can put together a decent forward and defense group. Who am I yeah. thinking of? Like, like, um, kind of like the ribs in season one. Like, they had a group that could give you a run for your money. Oh yeah. What I thought was interesting was that they were the team the Pride struggled with the most last yeah. season. Yeah. Because they play, yeah. they know that they can't play with the same star power that everybody else. They have to play fundamentally different to yeah. stay in the game. I think their coach, um, who's returning for them, uh, Ryan Equale, talked about the fact that they play a different style than everybody else. They play back a little bit because of that. And I and I do think another thing that will actually get will benefit them is that Ryan is returning. Is that mm-hmm. they are going to have a consistent coach, so the players who are coming back are going to have some kind of idea of what the structure of the team practices and games are going to go. And these new players will have veterans to lean on who are comfortable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're new. They're new players. They're having veterans. Of their twelve players so far, seven are first years. Hmm. So I think it'll help though that they're staying in Stanford, not Stanford. Yes, Stanford. No, <laughs> they're staying in Stanford. I think it'll help that they're play- staying in Terry Connors, uh, yeah. even though that place isn't super great. Weird ring, but like any any kind of consistency that they can have at this point is helpful. Yeah. I, I, if, and this is a, a big if because we don't know how this is going to shake out. If Mary Rison and signs with them. They have a shot. The problem is that everybody else is so good. Like, mm-hmm. they would have a shot maybe in, like, a non-Olympic year. You've got Shannon Zabados in Buffalo. You've got Amanda Levier, Sydney Rossman in Minnesota with Hannah Brandt, Danny Cameronese, Lee Steckline. Like, or no, Cameronese is in Buffalo. But, like, every other team has 
high-level returners and Olympians on their roster. Yeah. Connecticut does not. And goaltending can only take you so far. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just the long and the short of it. See the blades. Like, you can put Lauren Dom in net all day. You gotta have a team in front of you. You can put Sidney yeah. Rossman in net all day. You gotta have a team in front of you. And now we don't even know who's gonna start for Connecticut. Yeah. So it gets a little... A little hairy really fast. Yeah, for sure. We're gonna we gonna need to wrap things up because we are after after two weeks of going kind of short, we got back into the swing of things and went really long. So, Classic. Yeah, good for us. We ha- don't have consistency. Uh, Michelle, yeah. Michelle, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, at Michelle underscore J A Y three. Where can we find you, Hannah? At Hannah underscore Beavis one. You can find the Top Shelf Podcast on Patreon under the Ice Garden Podcast Network. We are there with our sister show, The Founding Four, which is hosted by Mike Murphy Mike Murphy, and Erica Ayala. Uh, they do NWHL um, content. Stuff. Co- content, and it's very good, and you should listen to them. Uh, if you are already a patron, thank you. Um, we talked for like 20 minutes and like kind of semi jumped into an episode topic like before we started recording. So I think we're going to put on a little bit of a bonus, uh, a bonus recording of what we talked about. What, what were we talking about? Olympic stuff? I cannot what even remember. What were we talking I about? I cannot even remember what it was. It was really good. And we were maybe going to put it in this episode, but I think we're going to make it a bonus thing for our patrons. So if you're already a patron, you have that to look forward to. Thank you. If you're not, every little bit helps um, as we try to improve our equipment and compensate our time for putting out the podcast because we try to make them the best that we can for you. And we appreciate you listening, whether you're a patron or not. If you can like uh, like us on iTunes, leave us a comment, rate and review us, subscribe to us on your podcast app, tell a friend. Um, we had uh, Timothea tweet us a top shelf bingo card which is the best thing i've seen in my entire life uh at a candy last on twitter they made a top shelf bingo card of like different stuff that we do like discussion of geography somebody starts yelling we mention the ncaa we break into song the train goes by my house michelle gets the hiccups did you get the hiccups this episode i did kind of early on i think Okay. But yeah, it was really cool. And so. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. And I was reading it at work trying not to laugh out loud. Um, and so then along those lines, if you want to play Top Shelf Bingo, go ahead. But also, if you ha- take a Top Shelfie while you're listening to the podcast, tweet those at us with the hashtag Top Shelfie. If you have a mailbag question you want us to answer, use the hashtag Top Shelf Mailbag. Same with the Star Punch Cuts or the Let's Stump Hannah Trivias. Um, and I think that's it. I think I I think that's everything we're supposed to say. We I think too. Yeah, we'll see you next week, same time, same place. Bye. Bye. The ice card is Oh, it's so hot in here. Holy shit. Gigi is just sitting by the window. It's like 95 freaking degrees and she's just sitting in front of the hot air in her fur coat. In her fur coat. In a fur coat. She knows I'm yelling at her too.
I know.